0: Okay, we are learning we're starting from the Mishnah. Mishnah starts off with the following case. A person is married to three different wives. So obviously when you're married to different women, they each have their own independent ksubah. Um And all of his assets are, are uh, encumbered to all of their k'subas collectively. But what happens? It makes when he dies and there's not enough. Here's the key, is that he doesn't have enough in his uh, state to pay them all off. But the situation is as follows. The three k'subas, and they each have different amounts in them. One was only 100 zoos. Middle one was 200 zoos. And the third one was 300 zoos. Okay, so they each have a right to different amounts from his estate. The issue is, There's only 100. There's only one mana in the whole estate. So to the 100 amount, everybody's entitled to 100. Some are entitled to 200, one of them, and one is entitled to 300. But to 100, everybody's entitled to that. So if there's only 100, what's the law? They all equally have a strength to go ahead and say, I have just as much right to take that as 100 as you have to take that 100. So what do we do with it practically? Chol kam they divide, they divide it equally, which means they each get, you know, 33.3 amount of the, of the field. So the idea is, despite the fact that one of them is owed a greater amount by the husband, that doesn't make a difference. In other words, if we're all owed 100, if we're all owed 100, even though some of us are owed more than 100, but at least we're all owed 100 and there's only 100, so then we're gonna split, we're gonna split that amount evenly between us. Okay, that's the first case in the Mishnah, where there's only 100. Again, and they're owed different amounts. One is owed 100, one is owed 200, and one is owed 300. They divide it equally, they each take 33.3. Okay, great. Continues the Mishnah for the second case. Hashem Messiah. Let's say there are 200 zoos in the estate. So again, one is 100, 200, and 300. Now, there are 200 zoos in the estate. So, what, before you look in the mission, it's very important to think it through yourself before you see it in the mission, because it's going to get confusing if you don't. What would you expect? Okay, that's always, you know, what would you expect? So, based upon what we just said, let's think about it. The first 100, they all have a right to. If they all have a right to the first 100, you would say divide the first 100 in three ways 33.3 to each party. Now, the second 100 is there's no, there's no claim from the first woman because she, 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 she's, um, she's only owed 100. So the second 100, she doesn't have a claim to. So that's only being fought between woman number two and woman number three. So you would say they divided 50-50. And then the third 100, there's only a claim from the third woman. So she should take all of it. So let's crunch the math there. That means woman number one will walk away with 33.3. Woman two will walk away with 33.3 plus 50, meaning 83.3. And woman number three will walk away with one hundred and eighty-three. Correct? That makes sense? That's what you would expect. But the Mishnah says different. If there are two hundred zils left in the estate, the one with the ksuba of a hundred, she, she takes fifty. She gets fifty. And the ones with the Xub of two hundred and the one with the Xub of three hundred, they each take three gold dinners. Just a gold dinner is twenty-five silver. So, three gold dinners is a way of saying 75. So the Mishnah says the math is that the one with the subah of 100 takes 50, and woman two and woman number three each take 75. Now that should be shocking. You should not be able to understand that, and the Gemara will not be able to understand that. Nothing, none of that seems to make sense. You told me if there's only 100, you divided equally 33, 33, 33. So that should happen to the first 100. The second 100, it should be divided 50, 50 between woman two and woman three. And to the third 100, it should be taken by woman three. And therefore, it ends up that one has 33, one has 83, and one has 183. Where'd you get that the first woman suddenly has a right to take 50? Why did she have a right to take 50 from the first 100? Should it, from the first it should have been split equally between the three women. That's going to be the obvious question, which the will jump on. A third case. Again, we have the three women. One is 100, one is at 200, and one is 300. How you shem shloosh mayos, there are 300 zoos there in the estate. So it's not enough to pay off everybody, right? The total amount to pay off everybody would be 600. what happened is, it's only 300. The one with the Ksuvah of the mana takes again the 50. For some reason, she takes 50. The one with the Ksuvah of 200, she takes a mana. She takes 100. And the one with the ksuba of 300 zoos takes six gold dinners, which is 150. So the Mishnah is saying that it's 50, 100, and 150. That's what the Mishnah says. Now, let's again think through ourselves what we would have thought the halacha should be in this case. In this case, let's think it through. In the first 100, you would say divide it equally. Everybody takes 33. The second, the second, um, the second one, you would think, you would say 50-50. And if there's a third 100, you should say it should only be taken by the, the woman with, with, who's, owed, who's owed the 300. So here, not only do we have a problem understanding... Why woman number one takes 50, that still remains difficult. But we also, in this case, have a difficulty understanding why woman number two is going to take 100. Why does she have the right to take 100? She, takes, she should have taken her 33 in the first, in the first, and then in the second 100, she should be splitting evenly with woman number three. She should only be walking out with 83. Where do we get this idea that she's got her um, 100 zoos that she gets? So, very similar question. We're going to see again in the Gemara. So this is all a question of when the Ksubah is owed different amounts to different people and there's not enough in the estate to satisfy everybody's debt. Now we talk about equity. Equity is a real Tifa Indian, as we'll see today. Uh, the Mishnah says, Three people depositing money into a fund. So what does that mean? Everybody's depositing, investing, and the fund is meant to be invested and, and, and hopefully create profit, but, but, but we don't deposit the same amount of money. One person, let's say, put 100, one person put 200, and one person put 300. Now, if there's revenue, or if, lo- or if there are losses, how do we, what do we say? So the Mishnah says, if, there, if, there, if there's a loss, if, there, if there's a profit, then they share in the same exact manner. So I mean, the point that the Mishnah is making would be that it's based, commensurate with how much it is. Let's say it goes up. It would be, this would be the Pasherp Shad of the Mishnah. We're going to see this. is going to switch in the Gemara. But the Pasherp Shad in the Mishnah would be, let's say it goes up 8%. So so, so so, the person who invested 100 gets, from his 100, 8% more. The person who invested 200 gets 8% more of his 200. And the person who, who invested 300 gets 8% more of his 300. And the same thing would be in a loss. That would be the simple chart here. It's interesting that the Mishnah says that's similar. Because if you think about it, I, I get the concept that things are proportionate to a certain degree, but is that really similar? Is equity really the same as debt? Meaning the beginning of the Mishnah, we're, talking, we're not talking about equity. No one put, no, none of the women put in money. It's just that the husband owes different amounts of money to different people. He doesn't have enough in his assets to cover everybody. And we therefore have to decide how to divide it. It's not really being divided proportionally. That's not actually not what happened in the beginning of the Mishnah. Not, not what happened at all. But, but, the, but the Mishnah somehow says that the word is that it's similar, the same way the beginning of the Mishnah we're trying to, figure out how we divide the debt between the three parties, so too in the end of the Mishnah, we deal with equity and people putting in money where we say it's proportionate, so too it's similar. That's really very difficult to understand why it's similar at all. But it's, full, it's still hard to even grasp all this until we're able to clarify these glaring problems that we spoke about when we learned the Mishnah. So let's go over just outside again. The key points so that we can proceed to the Gemara. If, if in the first part of the Mishnah, you have three women. Uh, they're, owed, they're owed different amounts of like exulah, one 100, one 200, and one 300. What did the mission say? If there's only 100 in the whole estate, what do we do? We divide it in thirds, 33, 33, 33. We don't say that the woman with the greater tviya gets more, no such thing. Divided equally. Yet, shockingly, in the next part of the Mishnah where there's 200 so in the estate, suddenly we say woman one gets 50. Right? So that's a very hard thing to understand. So the Gemara jumps on that. So no We said if there's two hundred zuz, the one with the ksubav and Mana takes, take, takes fifty zuz. The Gemara, why She should only have thirty three and a third. We should say the first mana is divided equally between all the three women, just like in the opening case. Who cares that there's an extra two hundred? That there's an extra hundred zuz? So that will be divided 50-50, between woman two and woman three. But why in the first mana is the first woman taking fifty? Amar Shmuel Shmuel says, you're right. If it would be in a regular case, it would be exactly what you said. It would be the first one we divided 33, 33, 33, and then the second one would be divided 50 50 between woman two and woman three. However, the case is, <laughs> the case, we're dealing with a case where the one who was entitled to 200 zos, she wrote over, declared to the, to the owner of the 100 zos, she said as follows I am forfeiting my rights to get an art to claim or argue with you in the first month." Meaning, everybody has a right to go argue their their rights in the first mana. Woman number two wrote over to woman number one. I am forfeiting my rights to di- to, to dispute you in your in the first mana. So, if that's true, so who's fighting about the first mana? Then the first mana is only being divided, is only being di- disputed between woman number one and woman number three. Therefore, it's 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 split fifty fifty between them. And if it's split 50-50 between them, now we understand. Now we understand how it comes to be that woman number one can get 50. Says the Gemara, well, if that's the case, what did this say? What did we say? That both woman number two and woman number three walk out with 75. Each walkout was 75. if the case is that the woman with 200 zoos forfeited her rights to the first mana., let the woman with the 300 zouba." she should say to woman number two, "You forfeited your rights to the first mana." So what does that mean? You shouldn't get any share of it. So you're out of the picture from the first 100. The first 100 was split, 50-50 between woman one and woman three. And now, when we get to the second 100, which you didn't forfeit your right from, so I, I, very good, I'll split 50-50 with you, you'll take 50, and I'll take 50, because we both have rights to the second 100. That means, though, practically, that woman 1 should walk out with 50, as we've said, woman 2 should only walk out with 50, and woman 3 should walk out with, with, uh, with 100. That's not what the missioner said. The missioner said woman 1 woman 1 has 50 and woman two and woman three have 75. So we don't understand where does the equal 75 come from. If you're saying the case is, in order to understand why woman one took 50, you have to say that woman two forfeited her rights in the first mana. If you establish that, then we don't understand why she has so much. Why does she have 75? She should only have 50 because she should only be allowed to go divide in the second hundred. It says the the woman with the 200 ksuba says to the woman with the 300 ksuba, I only remove forfeited my rights from, 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 from her. <laughs> Meaning, I didn't forfeit my rights in Gonson from the first hundred. That's not what I said. I didn't say, you know, I relinquished my rights from the first hundred. I said, I relinquished my rights from disputing with woman one. So woman one only has to go fight with you to take her stuff. So therefore she's only disputing one party, so she gets half of it, she gets 50. But Clappy, you, yours, you're 50, I am disputing. I do have rights to, the, to, to go dispute with you in the first mana. So when you go take your thing, you have to take me into account. So therefore what? So therefore the second remaining 50. In the first in the first hundred, is split twenty-five, twenty-five between me and you, and then in the second hundred is fifty, fifty. That's how we understand. That's how we walk out with the division being fifty to the first woman, seventy-five apiece to woman two and woman, woman two and woman three. Now, there's something that's really, really difficult here, but let's just internalize something before we even get to the difficulty. It, it, it comes out that that a person is forfeiting not. It's not like, you know, she took it and then gave it gave it away. That, that's, that's not what happened here. What's happening is we all have liens and, and the property is owed to all of us and, and she's forfeiting her right to dispute it, to, to claim it against somebody else. That's really what's happening over here. That that's the that, that's the lumdus. So she's forfeiting her rights to claim it against woman one, but not against woman number three. And therefore, interestingly enough, in that first mana, woman one from her perspective is only disputing with woman three. That's why she walks away with 50. We've settled that point. We understand that point. But woman two has not forfeited her rights clapping woman number three in the first mana. Therefore, in that second 50, it split 25-25 in the first mana. And then in the second mana, it's split 50-50. That's how we understand. It's 50-75-75. Now, Let's ask Ishaelah, imagine, what are we coming out? Imagine there was no such wild ukimta that we just made, no such wild ukimta, just a regular case. Again, what's a regular case? What would that mean? Regular case would be no one said anything, there's 200 tzos and they're each owed 100, 200, and 300. What would the halacha be? It would be the first monot would be divided, 33.3, 33.3, and 33.3, okay? And then the second monot would be 50-50. What would the math be on that? that the woman number one will walk away with 33.3 and woman two and woman number three would each walk away with 83.3. Very interesting that in lambdas, what woman two has forfeited and therefore given extra indirectly to woman one, that can now cause a loss in how much woman number three is walking away with. That almost seems impossible to understand. How can you forfeiting your right Give me less than I'm entitled to. Woman number three is entitled to 83. If no one would open their mouth, she would get 83. Because you forfeit your rights, now I end up getting less? How can that be? How are you entitled to take something away from me? So, you know, if you want to forfeit your rights, give something away, give something away. But how can that be at my own expense? In other words, let's say, let me just bring out the point. Let's say they would have divided and she would give away her portion as a present. Let me just bring out that in that illustration. Everyone would get 33. She would take her 33 and give it away to one, woman number one, let's say. So that would mean woman number one got 66 and woman number two would get 50 and woman number three would get still her 83.3. That'd be great. So because you forfeit your rights to claim against woman number one, now it ends up, woman number one takes 50 and now you Dip into my amount and make now that I have less, and I'll be, you and I are splitting 75, 75? That sounds like a very hard point. So it's very interesting. Tyson's right. It's a very short Tyson. Tyson says, well, it's power shop time time the mils. It's very hard to understand. This. this is from the hardest, you know, enigmatic point. It's a very famous slogan, the like Very famous slogan, economic slogan over here. But it's very hard to understand that. How, do, how, does, how does that work? I think one key to understanding the Gemara is that we're not talking about people owning things. It's not like you took away my thing with this. We're talking about liens. Liens are very different than ownership. And everyone has equal rights here to claim, remember, the woman is owed, or this middle woman's owed 200. She bets him as a lien on the full estate. It's just that practically you also have a lien, and therefore I have to end up dividing in a fair way with you. But it's not... It may seem like it's not fair, you might use that word like it's not fair, but I didn't take anything away. I didn't take anything I wasn't entitled to and you didn't have it before I had it. Those two statements are true. Everything I took, every one, every penny of that 75 Zuz is owed to woman number two. In fact, she's owed more. She just has to make a division. So that's true. She didn't take anything more than she was entitled to. True statement. And number three is she didn't take anything away from woman number three who, that she already had. That's not what happened here. They're just creating a division based upon the fact that they have to split their liens on a practical standpoint. So it ends up being this fascinating point. Woman number one, woman number two forfeited her rights to, to argue with woman number one, but not with woman number three. Woman number one walks out with 50, woman number two, and woman, woman number three uh, split 75-75. All right, continues the Mishnah. We said if there was 300 zoos, then what do we say happened? The one with the of, of, uh, of a takes 50. One with the 200 zoos had 100. One with the of 300 takes... 150. So Frakti Kamara, very similar question. Shabbat Saim, the one with the ksut of 200 zoos, takes 100 zoos. Why? She should only have her 75. In other words, we established that what was the case, that she forfeited her rights to dispute with woman number one. That's why we number one, number one, number one, talk 50. She didn't forfeit her rights, clap woman number three, so therefore between the remaining 50 and the second 100, they should split 50-50. It means 50-50 would mean 75-75 each take. And then on the third mana she only the only woman number three has a right. So it should be 50-75 and 125, right? 175. There we go. Okay. But that's not what the Mishnah said, right? The Mishnah was saying that it's 50-100-150. So how do we get that? So basically, what's our question? Why is woman number two taking more than she should? Woman number two should only have 75. She should not have 100. So the answer is Amar Shmuel. We're dealing with a new case. The case is that the owner of the 300 Tzitzk she wrote to the owner of the 200 Tzitzk and to the owner of the 100 Tzitzk She wrote to both of them. I'm not going to claim with you in the first mana. So it's all starting from woman in this safe, It's all starting from what woman number... Three is saying, woman number three is saying, I'm not going to argue with you in the first mana. So, but the owner of the 200 did not, did not say a word. She didn't forfeit anything in in this case in the end of the mission. So in regard to the first mana, so woman number three is out of the picture. Since she's out of the picture, it's split 50-50 between woman number one and woman number two. In the second mana, it's split 50-50 between woman number two and woman number three. And in the third mana, only the third woman gets it. That's how it gets. 50 100 to the second woman and 150 to the third woman. So it's not like a continuous case, case two and case three. It's a separate case, case three, that the woman number three wrote to woman number one and woman number two together. And she said, I'm not gonna claim anything in the first mana. Therefore, the first mana only goes 50-50 to woman one and two. The second mana is again, 50-50, woman two and woman three. And the third mana is only to woman three. Why are we staying consistent in having woman three call out woman two like we did in the first case? You know, we said woman two goes to woman three in the first case and say, no, I want my money that I gave to woman one. That right. About so I think it's because, right, I right, think, I think said, it's in, in the first case, woman two claimed oh, sh- that she forfeited her rights only to argue with woman one, not woman three. But here, in this case, we're saying woman three wrote to both woman one and woman two. She wrote to both of them. I'm not going to claim anything so in the first model. Right. Say, right. She said, because she forfeited to both of them here. I think that's the key. All right. Says the Gemara, another explanation to both questions. Both cases are talking about that not all the property was there at the same moment. Meaning, we've been assuming, you know, oh, the ratio was, there was 200 zoos in the the estate, and in the safer there were 300 zoos in the estate. But it wasn't all present in the estate in the same time. It came in different properties. Remember this. The husband died, so there could be different properties coming in, different things that we either discover or different things that, that are collected. So it happens in two in two stages. And the Gemara explains. Ratio is the earlier case where there's 200 zoos, two different seizures of property. The, the, the case is like this. The first 75 zoos they had. So at first they only had 75. So if they only had 75 and they went to the court to divide, three women, so what do we say? 25, 25, 25. You each have the right to 75. Now what happens? may have asked Then after the division already took place, another 125 came into the property, came into the estate, right? Something was collected, and now another 125 comes in. So now what happens when 125 comes in? Of that 125, how much is woman number one lay claim to? 75 of it, right? Because she's owed 100 and she already took 25. So 75 of the 125 that just comes in now in the second increment, she lays claim to. And they, the woman two and woman, and woman three also lay claim to, right? Everybody has a right in it. So they divide 75 of the remaining 125 equally, which means that woman one gets another 25, which means she has 50. And then in and then, and each of them, woman two and woman three also took a, a, also took a 25. So everybody has 50 at that point. And then in the remaining 50... They each divide um, 25, 25, woman two, and woman woman number three. So the point that we're saying is that you don't reassess between divisions. Once the first one came in, it it was 75 on the table. You divide equally. Everybody got 25. When the next one, 25 comes in, and all the women are equally claiming to the 75 of it, we give them each in thirds 25, and we don't say, oh, but if we put it all together, then it shouldn't be divided like that. We don't say it that way. It's already been given, the first thing, and now new money comes in. They're all equally claiming against the 75. So even though it comes out interesting, if all the money would have been there together in the beginning, woman number one would have only gotten 33.3, not 50, but since it came in different increments, and each time she was entitled to claim to what she was doing, so it comes out, that's the math. And in the second case, where there was 300, Save is a very similar thing. The first 75 came in, it was divided equally three ways. 75 and 3. Everyone took 25. Then a Machimba Khazimda. Then another 225 came after that. So so of that 225, 75 of it everybody's is 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 making equal claims to. So woman one walks out with 50. And 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 the next, the next. 100 of the, of the of, of, is going to divide it be, between the two, the next two women, women two and woman number three, since they both have the lean on that. And then the last 50 is only going to go to the woman with the larger exuba. That's the way the, month, the num, math is going to be. So this first of 75 come in, 25, 20, 25, 25. That's divided equally. Now another 225 come in. So all of that 225, 75 of it is divided, divided equally between, between three parts. So how much does everybody have that, have at that moment? Fifty. Now, how much is left after that? It should be the next, let's make it in two. There's 150 left. So the next hundred should be divided equally between woman two and woman number three. So that's how woman two now has a hundred and, 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 and she also does, woman three has a hundred. And then the last 50 is exclusively to woman number three. And that's how she walks out with 150. So we just made the math work because we did it in different increments. So, but in a Hanami, if it would be that it all, all 300 fell at the same time, the math would look very different. The first mana would be 33, 33, 33. The second one would be 50, 50, and the last one would be 100. Says the Gemara Tanya, very long dish a Nasan. This is all the teaching of Nasan. Rebbe Omer and he rose from Nassim I don't agree with Reb Nasan. El Cholkos B'Shava. All the women divide the estate equally in all these cases. Meaning, um, what we're saying here, and, and, and I mean like, I, if you think about it, it's, it's a super lumbish point, but all these cases that we've been assuming, we've been assuming, you know, that, that if you're only owed a hundred, so you only have a claim the chlau to the first hundred, right? To the first hundred mana. If you had to be divided equally, you didn't get all of it, but you don't, can't claim in the second hundred because you're not owed a second hundred, right? So, but all the property is mishobah to pay you back. Right, how does it work? Every single asset of the husband is Meshubah to pay her 100. It's not a specific 100 that's Meshubah to her. All of the properties of the husband are Meshubah to pay her to pay her 100. So until she collects 100, she keeps on claiming. So if, even if let's say there's only 200, right? why are we saying that woman, woman number one doesn't have a claim in the second 100? She has just as much a claim in the second 100 until she is taken in her pocket 100, and she hasn't because she had to divide the first 100 with other people. So whether they divide 33 or divided 50, whatever the akimtas were that we worked out. But the point, this opinion, Revy fundamentally disagrees. He's saying, woman number one, Vaiter comes and claims in the second hundred and in the third hundred as well. Until she has a hundred in her pocket, she has just as much an equal claim. So it sounds like a super a thing here in debt. Does the person with, 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 with more, who's owed more, have, have the greater claim on that amount of money, on the greater amount that if it was only them, they would take, and that knocks off the person who's owed the smaller amount of debt? Or we say, no, debt is debt. Until you're paid, you're paid. Everybody's equal in their claims. It's a really fascinating dispute. All right, continues to make a deal. when three people invest money, and there's a loss or, or profit, so they share. So Amram Shmuel Shemshidi, gives two people to pass money of funds some money, but some one person 100 one person two hundred. Says the Amud Beis all profits are equal. So obviously the Mishnah said not like that, right? The Mishnah said that that is proportional. So the Gemara is going to eventually going to jump on Shmuel, but 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 for this moment, just analyze Shmuel's statement. One person divides one hundred, puts in hundred to a fund. One person puts in two hundred. Any new profit, what is the law? Equal. Business is business, right? Meaning if I'm your partner and you need me and I need you. So then, it doesn't make a difference that you invested more than me. All, all profits are shared. Says the Gemara, Amaravam Ava, Mestaber, If there is such an idea of Shmuel, it's Mestaber, it's It's like we bought an ox, right? We bought an ox, we, being, we buy a single entity, an animal. An animal now is going to be used for plowing. Can my 200 worth of the ox plow without your 100 worth of the ox? No, it's one animal, it's one entity, and you need the whole animal to plow. So now we say that it's all divided equally. Let's say it plows and it makes money, right? It plows somebody's field. We charge 50 bucks an hour. So we split that 50-50. Why? Because it's indivisible. You, you, you can't say, not indivisible, wrong word. It's, um, I don't have the right word. You can't, You can't do it in any other way because my part is just as significant as your part. You can't say that the 200, part of, of the axe did more plowing than the 100 part of the axe. That's the key in the Gemara. It's a very interesting lambas. When, it, when it's one entity, you can't see it differently. But let's say they bought it for plowing, but so the they decided, let's sell it, and, 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 and let's slaughter it and sell the meat. Then, of, and let's say there was an appreciation in the meat. So one put in 100 and one put in 200. So the axe was worth originally 300. We go to slaughter it, now it went up uh, $100. You're not going to say of oh, that hundred dollars, it's fifty fifty. That's not what happened. My part of the ox went up, and your part of the ox went up. So however much I own went up proportionally, and however much you own went up proportionally, we're not going to split the revenue. I'll take more than you if I own more. So that's a very very good point, extremely at your point. That if, if if it is, it comes in a divisible way because we're slaughtering it, and there's this amount of meat and that amount of meat, clearly I own more meat than you, because I invested 200, you invested 100. So if there's an appreciation in how much the meat is worth, then it will be divided proportionally, not equally. Reza Muna, Muna, says, No, even in that case, even in a case where it's meat, we still say the schar is Obviously, it's very, very hard to, to, to understand that. Why would it be that way? Um, it's not, it's not so clear, and this makes a huge difference in Allah when you think about business, but basically it seems that th- there's like a default. You know, there's a default that unless we assume, unless you stipulate otherwise, when you go into a partnership of somebody, you buy something together, okay, and we're not talking about different oxen, it's one ox that they buy together, even if they invest different amounts, the assumption is any appreciation is meant to be split, equally, even if, even though it's something where the split is gonna be that we're gonna sell the meat, but any additional value would be different. Let me just clarify something, so you do not make a mistake. Avada, we're only talking about appreciation in the meat. Let's say we bought it for 300, I put in on 200, you put in 100, and then we slaughter it, and, uh, and, and, and it's worth the same amount. Avada, I have 200 from the sale and you have 100 from the sale. Nobody's saying your investment of 200 is not, you know, you don't get back that investment. We're talking about profit. If the value is more than 300 now, it's uh, 400, of that extra 100, it's split 50-50 as opposed to being proportional. That's the key in the second opinion, even it's something that's not like a profit from the outside, you know, like plowing, but it's even like something like 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 tviha where we say that is put equally. Okay, so I'll We have a gash from the price. It says shanim she dilul the case. Two people deposit money and funds. That man was a messiah. This one two hundred. This one one hundred. Just kala emsa divided equally. So my lab b'sharach chori shom Presumably the brides was talking about even in a case where it's being slaughtered. You have to the rabbi and refute rabba. Says the gemara lo b'sharach chori shom le'charish. It's only talking about a case where it's being used for plowing. Where there we have that svara that no part of the ox did more than the other part. But if it would be a case where it's being slaughtered and the meat appreciated, then it would be divided. Proportionally, perhaps. Says the Gemara, is that true? What are you telling me? If it would be a case where it's being slaughtered, you're telling me then it would be divided proportionally? Look at the end of the price. So the price says, Let's say, here, we're not buying one ox. We're buying different oxen. One guy goes and buys a strong ox with 200 Zeus. One guy goes with 100 zoos and buys a weaker ox, right? Obviously, clearly, if you're buying a different animal, there's going to be greater strength to the ox that was worth 200 than the ox that was worth 100. We make a partnership, we make a team of oxen, right? Oxen work as a team to pull whatever it is, the plow, or to give uh, horsey rides in, in Central Park, right? So, so, so together, they're doing something, but here's the key. Here, clearly, my ox does more of the work. You're dealing with different oxen. One is stronger than the other. It's not like before we have one ox and I own more of it than you, where you could say, yeah, very nice. You own more, but the ox can't work without all of itself. Here there are two separate oxen. I bought the one worth 200, you the one worth 100. So then then we do divide proportionally because clearly my ox did more of the work. That's where the end of the price is. And that's like an obvious point, right? My ox did more of the work. But instead of running to there to say we divide proportionally, we could have made a distinction in a sharper way. Even in the first case, where it's a single ox, we could have had a case where you divide proportionally. We could have said, that the only case where... Where we divide equally is where is where is where is where it's a profit from the outside something like plowing. Abu huishom where it's being slaughtered. It's divided proportionally. So for the fact that we didn't make a sharper case, sharper distinction that even in the same ox, if it's only if it's now being slaughtered, that we divide it proportionally, must be that if it's one ox, even if it's being slaughtered, we divide it equally. And the only case we divide it proportionally is by the case of two different oxen. As the Gemara Noach, we can force it all in. We can force it that the provisor is actually making that point. We could say it like this When is it true that the prophets are divided equally by Medivar, where it was originally for plowing, it's being used plowing. If it's being used now for slaughtering and the meat went up, it's like a case. Where there were two different oxins, I bought one of two hundred, you bought one of one hundred. Where clearly we would say you divide it proportionally. Zenotelofimoosa is Zeno Telofimaosa. Just like over there, you would say it's divided proportionally. So too, over here you're going to say that where it's only L'tvicha is divided proportionally. So we're actually forcing that into the price of where it's only L'tvicha will be divided proportionally. And just the price is giving like a, a more of an obvious, like, you know, like a muscle for it. It's like a muscle for that case would be. Um, in a case where there would be two different ox. All right. So now we have a from the Mishnah. To non, what are our mission? So what are we coming at? Let's just make sure we have everything. There's a fund. I put in 100. You put in 200. What are we saying? Shmuel's din. What are we saying? If we buy an ox and now it, it, it plows together, it plows even though I own more of the ox than you, profits are split equally. Whether or not it's true only in plowing or even if it would be slaughtered, that's a dispute. But the overall concept is if profits are split equally even though I'm invested more than you. So, our mission said otherwise. Our mission said, three people have money in the fund. This goes up or down. They divide in the same proportionally. That's what it means. You know, you take the money, you invest in something, and then the price goes up 8%. So, then we divide that 8% proportionally across our investments. If it goes down 8%, so we all lose a percent equally according to our investment. So it's what Shmuel said. Shmuel was saying that the default assumption is that we split all the revenue, split all the profit and split all the loss. Misha said proportionate. What did our mission mean? It went up or went down. It didn't, it's not, we're not talking about pure revenue. We're talking about a very specific type of increase. What's the increase? I wonder if you come up with a parallel in modern economics for this. This is a hard thing. The profit means that there were new coins. So the concept of new coins is like this. The face value is the same amount. Just if you go to the market, everybody prefers having newer coins than older coins. So originally what happened is we, we each used older coins. When we invested uh, in, our, in our fund, I put in hundred and you put in 200 and they were older coins. Then we did business. You know, I bought, we bought something, we sold something and there's no new value. Face value is the same thing, 300. But the 300 that's now in coins in front of us are new coins. So the new coins have have greater, there's greater demand for them in business than the coins that we originally started from. But the face value of the fund is exactly the same, it's 300. So there, we're going to say, you get, your, you get 200 of the new 300 coins that we have. You get 200 of it if you invested 200 originally. And you get 100 if you invested in the original 100. You're not going to split that. Why? Because not, that's not called revenue. Profit didn't go up. It's not like there's an increase in profit. If there would be an increase in profit, we sold something, we bought something and sold it and made more face value. Then it would be split equally, the way Shumul said. So we're in it together. Even though I invested more than you, but we're in it together, we split the profit. But here, there was no revenue. It didn't go up. We have the same amount of face value, just it's coming in the form of new coins where there's higher demand for them in in, in currency, in, in business and to use the currency of the newer coins, there it would be split, you would take 200 of it, one would take 100 of it. And when we say it went down, people who have theory to Tunisa. what we mean like this is that we use coins very interesting thing happened. We use coins, right? Hundred, two hundred old coins, and then the government disqualified the coins. And now the, the usability of the old coins is just like a piece of metal. There's no value in currency. It's just like a piece of metal. They would put it on wounds on people's feet, like on the bottom of a foot. Sometimes it's considered like in the olden times. They would take like cold metal and like put it on the bottom of a foot to cure it. So so that so that that's the, the value in it now. So it's the same thing. It's like that's not a loss in terms of profit and revenue you put on your sheet. That's just like your original coins are now have no value of, of currency. Their value just simply is as their metal. So if you put in the 300 coins and you put in 200, of them and I put in 100, so then I'm going to take my 100, you'll take your 200. I can't say no, give me 150. It doesn't work like that. But if we bought something and the price of that went down, then we would divide it equally like Shemuel said. So it's a very interesting thing. Before you do business in Israel, you want to know practically the halacha the outcome of the gemara. When you invest, unless you stipulate otherwise, in a fund, right, you might be entitled to half the profits. Everybody might be entitled to share the profits equally regardless of how much you invest. So, you know, think about that. And the rationale is that that's the default idea of the stipulation. Again, the one case where it's clear in the Kamara it's not that way is we buy different oxen. And our investments are doing different amounts of work. Okay, there clearly it wouldn't be that way. But, 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 but in the case where we buy one ox, even if we're slaughtering it, there's one opinion that's split equally, but certainly in the plowing prophets, that certainly is the halacha that we would split it equally. That's what the shmuel is coming out here.